Welcome back, everybody, for another episode of the Vitamin C's podcast, a proud part of CLNS Media. Um, we are sponsored and powered by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook and gambling partner of CLNS Media. Um, I'm here with my buddy, Wayne Breezy Brown, on a lovely, lovely Wednesday following this win over the Sacramento Kings. Wayne, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty good. How are you feeling? And the words of the late, great James Brown, I feel good, you know, <laughs> and, and and I feel good for multiple reasons. I mean, the Celtics won, but it's more like how they won, right? It's like mm. they looked like they had a game plan and, you know, watching the game, you had your ups and downs, Tim, because I'm like, Marcus Smart is just not hitting threes. It's like, don't shoot anymore. Then he shoots two more. And so, like, they started going in. You know, but I, I really like the game plan of, of Missoula. I think it I think it ended up working out. I mean, we're gonna be we're a three point. I'm I'm finally accepting the fact that we are a three point shooting team. But I like the defense and I like the fact that they had like minimal turnovers this game, right? Yeah. There was only there was only five turnovers five for, for this turnovers team and forty eight minutes. That's pretty oh, that's pretty good. Know. That's pretty okay. good, man. I, f- I think it's funny because it feels like we like have all kind of collectively gone through like the uh, what is it? The five stages of grief when it comes to yes. three pointers where it's like <laughs> we're at the point of acceptance where it's like this is just what it is. When the threes fall, it's amazing. When they don't fall, it's yeah. it, it's utter chaos. And it kind of felt like that looking at Sacramento, like Sacramento is like one of the best offenses in the league. Right. Not and like one. Sean, Sean Grandy, great great guy was talking on the broadcast talking about like Kings are the best offense in the league, like historic pace offense, like number one in like history. And I'm like, this feels just like early season Celtics where it's like, Hey, if those threes aren't falling, um, you're kind of dead in the water. And the crazy thing was, is hey, bud, um, for those listening to audio, my cat's currently bunting into my head um, <laughs> from behind. <laughs> they didn't shoot terribly. Like Sacramento shot 38.6 from deep. Um, I think it was more so Boston's defense. Like you said, the defense and the energy were huge. This is like the most complete effort I think we've seen from the Celtics in like a full game in a long time. I mean, they forced 14 turnovers Um, overall offensively. There was a good balance. They still took a high volume of threes, um, 44 threes, but they shot for 40.9%. So 18 of 44 from there. And then, you know, 53.3% from the field. Um, You saw a really balanced approach from the Jays there, too. Um, Tatum, the weird thing for Tatum, obviously, like the three-pointers still aren't there. He he went two of seven on the night, but six of 11 from the free throw line. And I'm kind of wondering if it was just like a weird like off night or what, but um, he like pretty much single-handedly tanked their free throw percentage. They were uh, 16 to 23 on the night. So um, just an interesting turnaround. And you said it before, but this is... This is no slouch of a Kings team. Sacramento is good. They're going to give somebody problems in the West. And you know what? Um, if I had to pick two teams to be in the Western Conference Finals, I think it's going to be Nuggets versus Kings. That's my hot take. I think the Grizz, with everything going on with them, they're going to slide down a little bit. That's a really good hot take. And, and look, I'm sitting here looking at Sacramento, and I'm like, how did they get good? You know? I mean, they drafted some players, right? You know? You know, I'm I'm like okay, but it's the Sabonis signing, man. It's that that, that trade, trade. That trade was huge. That was huge. And who always gives the Celtics problems? Sabonis. And so he was giving us problems early in the game. I'm like, Lord, we can't stop him. The moment we <laughs> inserted Rob Williams, it changed up a little bit. It made him start to second guess his shots. You know, and we 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 need to talk about Rob Williams playing. Now, I know he was limited. <laughs> 
last night as far as his minutes. But, I mean, he finished he finished off, you know, with, what, 21 minutes, seven rebounds, uh, and six points. He got yeah, two, two of four, two. Two of two from the line. That's yeah, actually that, – That's excellent. Yeah. I mean, and I think he, that that's something actually that needs to be talked about more because this team, as soon as he came back into the fold, you've got way more energy. You've way got more. so much more energy. And he had a couple moments. There was one – he fouled Sabonis on one play, but it was like he went up and he fouled Sabonis – and Sabonis had a chance to get an and one, but Rob managed to go back down and come back up again and get the block. So like, yeah, he fouled, but he didn't give up on the play and he made sure that Sabonis didn't get that and one opportunity. Like one, that's impressive because it means that his athleticism is starting to come back a little bit. Mm -hmm. And if it means that you have to play him in this role, like this is fine. Like, I think this was a good, this is a good example of what you can do with Rob coming off the bench. If it's, Anywhere between like if it's sub 25 minutes and he's coming off the bench, but he's able to give you effort like that. I am 100 percent a OK with that because it means you're giving Derek White run with the starters, which you should do. Um, He had an excellent game. Six of 11 from six of 11 for the field, five of 10 from three, three mm-hmm. or four from the line, seven rebounds in 12 assists. Mm-hmm. Derek White is so integral. Like I, I tweeted this out during the game, but I feel like there's at least like a minimum of five or six moments during every single Celtics game. Like when everyone's clicking that Derek White just makes me cackle with glee. Like he's just so much fun to watch. He's an example of a guy that's just blossomed into this role, but yeah, Rob, man, Rob, Rob made a huge difference here. And like, do you think it changes the playoff rotation a little bit? Like, do you have him go off the bench? No. uh, Yes. We, we talked about this like on some episodes earlier, like, listen, don't do the double bigs. Mm. Let Rob come in off the bench. Let Derek Wright start with the starters and, and, and let's find out. Now I do want to see, I, we do need to figure out how to insert like a Blake Griffin, uh, playoff time. Do you rotate like him? between like a, a, a Cornette and a Muscala, like like they both, Muscala and Cornette don't need to both play every night, in my opinion. I think mm. you, you use one of those and then maybe perhaps insert some Blake Griffin. He can stretch the floor. He's a great hustle guy. He's the gritty guy on the team. I keep saying the Celtics need a gritty player. It's Blake Griffin. He's taking those charges. He's doing those things. He didn't play last night, but my point is when he's in the game, you always have a shot at getting the ball back uh, from a, from an offense by taking an offensive foul or doing something, getting you a rebound, shooting a, a three. He's not afraid to shoot. I mean, th- that's what we're going to need. I think the playoff rotation will tighten up just a little bit. Blake has to be an integral part of the playoff rotation. He just has to be. I think he's earned it, right? I mean, in the same way that Grant's starting to make this comeback, too. He had a couple plays where I was like, okay, Grant. There was one where he got down on the floor, got a loose ball. That was awesome. And then it was uh, Tatum was at the free throw line, missed a free throw. And it was whichever one. It might have been an and one opportunity or it was like the second free throw and he missed it. Grant's immediately there, gets the ball, puts it up and gets the easy two. And like, that's just... That is exactly what you need Grant Williams to do. Like it's that kind of stuff. It's the energy plays. That's He's it. been great so far. You know, he turned it around. He's getting there. Three or four from the field, eight points. Uh, he's got five rebounds, three assists, and two steals in that game. And he was also important. So, like, I, I agree that Blake needs to get run, but Grant's gonna start getting some run too. If it means that you don't see Cornette in the playoffs, like if it means that you don't see much of Blake Griffin here and there or Muscala, like 
you're going to be able to cycle guys in depending on the matchup. And I think if you're going against a team like Cleveland, right? Like that's a, that's an example of a team that you're going to want the double bigs at. So maybe you do dip into Cornette minutes into Blake minutes, Blake and Grant both doing what they do. Like those are two key guys who are going to be glue guys and hustle guys, because if those guys aren't afraid to catch bodies and they're putting their bodies on the line yes. and, and for Blake, this is the best chance he's had in a long time yes. at, at winning a championship. So he's, he's giving it his all. He's been nothing but aces in the locker room from everything that we've heard. So those are guys that are going to factor into the final equation. Um, this might've this game, honestly, against the Kings probably gives us a better idea of what you're looking at for rotations. Um, it comes at the cost of Sam Hauser, Luke Cornette, Mike Mascala and Blake. Um, but that's, that's because you had Rob back and you were able to kind of having Rob off the bench and, Grant's picking his playback up so you can figure him into the equation a little bit more. That means you're cycling between those two guys and adding Grant into the mix between Al and Rob. So I just think it's, it's a big step in the right direction in, you know, it's not to discount it because the Kings were coming off of a back-to-back. So they yeah. didn't exactly have the freshest legs, but Bad bush. Cool crap they bush. still played good. They, they came out on so fire. Good. Everybody was hitting three-point shots. Exactly. I'm yeah. like, dang. Like, it was back and forth. I mean, the first quarter ended 30 to 32. Dog fight. Dog, dog fight. Dog first quarter. It was a great game. Yeah. Celtics Celtics pulled away at the end of it, and, like, yeah. they did so convincingly. That fourth quarter, I think they had – I want to say that they had 40 points in the fourth quarter. I'm going to go ahead and – or a third quarter, rather. They Let me just double-check that. 32 in the fourth. But it's, it was the insertion of, of Rob Williams, which started to change up the way Sabonis played. I mean, later on, guys are getting fouls and things like that. I I, I hate to say it. Rob Williams is a is a, an important part of the Celtics rotation. The Celtics have to figure out how to make sure he remains healthy. Uh, this this road trip is the road trip. The road trip ended right. That was the last game. Yeah, they're uh, they've got a few days off. Thank God, because they, they, they kind of need a rest. Yeah. yeah, they're going to be playing Indy on Friday. It's a seven o'clock tip, uh, Eastern Standard Time. But yeah, I, they're they're going to be back from this road trip, and I think that's going to be good for everybody involved. Exactly. And here's the thing that I like about Tatum in this game, and I love Jason Tatum, right? And there's things that there's things of Jason Tatum that I just, like, wish he would not do, right? I'm okay with Tatum taking his shot, right? He's trying yeah. to find his stroke, right? So I'm cool with that. But this is what he did tonight, and I don't feel, I felt like I haven't seen him do this all damn season. Jason Tatum says, you know what? I tried my shot a couple of times. It didn't fall. I'm going inside. And he was having his way in the paint. The Celtics, the Celtics outscored, okay? They outscored the Kings in the paint, 56 to 30. Eight, 56 to 38. And you would say, you would feel Sabonis should have had 38 of those paint points. Of You know, that's, you know, he didn't even finish with 38. But you know what I'm trying to say? Like, you yeah. would think he would have got bodied in the paint. Now the Celtics took care of business. They were driving. They were moving the ball. They were rotating. There was wide open threes. There were, it was so beautiful. It was like, but it started with Jason Tatum setting the tone at the beginning. I mean, he missed his first two free throws in the very beginning, but he definitely helped correct himself. He wasn't on shooting, but he figured out a way to keep himself involved and keep his team up front. And that's what I need the leader of this team to do each and every night. If your shot isn't falling, figure out a way to have your way, get your stuff going, get the other teammates involved. Jason Tatum is the leader of this whole game, man. He, he, he was the guy. 
eight rebounds, four assists, 36 points. And I mean, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there in terms of what you need out of him. Like if the three point shot is not there and to be honest, it's been really rough lately. Like it's been, it's, it's been tough. It's well, well, Tim, I'm wondering if the wrist, remember we talked about this. It's always, it's, it's the damn wrist, right? Is like the wrist, it, it, is, is it fine? Is the wrist finally saying it's time? Like, or, or does he need rest on the wrist? I think that might be more yeah, of it. Like, I think, I, I think mean. it's, I think it's fatigue because I mean, you look at all the guys, even Marcus, who I've been like, you know, begging and pleading and praying that he can get some rest down because like he's banged up too, and he's never going to be the guy that's going to say, oh, I need a night off. But, you know, it, it's the same thing for Tatum. Tatum refuses to take nights off, even if it's against teams that, you know, he can afford to rest down. Now, they've got nine games left at the time that we're recording is um, and by the time this is posted and live, uh, they will still have nine games left in the season. Um, I went ahead and like pulled up the schedule just to kind of see what they were looking at. There's a really good chance that the Celtics can finish with the best record they've had in years. Um, I think if they get 55, they'll tie the record that they had for the 2017-18 uh, season. And if they have more than that, it'll be like the best record they've had in like a damn near a decade. Um, year by year, I think it was, I want to say it was 2010-2011 that they last had a record of like 56 or more wins. So it will be significant. The most that they, that they can finish with is 59. I think optimistically um, they could go six and three, the remaining nine games. They do face the bucks. They face the 76ers. They face the jazz again. They face the Raptors twice on um, the next three games. It's going to be Pacers Spurs and then wizards. Um, I think out of those three teams, the Pacers are the one team that could give you problems. They're going to be trying to fight to make sure that they can remain in this playoff picture. They're still in the mix for um, the playing spot. So they're not a team that's going to lie down. And of course, we've seen what they've been able to do against the Celtics earlier in the season. Um, That's a really strong young team that's going to continue to build there. But looking ahead at these games, you know, there's a really good chance for the Celtics to close out strong. And if if they've got a couple of these games that they can rest, guys, like they absolutely should. One guy who I think has been on fire, and he's been in the news for the wrong reasons, for dumb reasons, but I want to talk about how he's been performing on the court and then address some of this bull crap that we've been seeing. But Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown has been a revelation since the All-Star break. He's got better shooting splits since the All-Star break than he's had before in the season, mm-hmm. shooting over 50% from the field, over 40% from three. Mm-hmm. Um, his turnover numbers have gone down significantly. Um, he's just playing some of his best ball and it with Tatum struggling from three, like, damn it. They needed this man. You know, he would hit his shot. Listen, here's what I'm liking about Jalen Brown. I mean, is he still going to take that weird looking three point shot with everybody in his face? Yes. Yes. But he's also moving the ball. And I think that was key. You know, dude, you don't have to do everything in every single moment. What I would like though, is if the game is on the line, I feel like Jalen Brown finishes the game with a little bit more energy than everybody else. Let that yeah. guy be the guy to close it out. You might as well. His big shot play capability is just, it just seems like it's a little bit better than anybody's on the team. And I love Jason Tatum. This is not a, a knock, but I think Jason Tatum is so like overexerted with energy. He's out of energy at some point. And if he's not driving to the paint, trying to get a foul call, which sometimes they don't call it, like it doesn't go in. And so, let Brown do what Brown does. I think what we're seeing from Jalen Brown is, you know, him understanding that he's 1B 
and when they when they need him to be one A, he could be one A. <laughs> if that's how you if that's how you want to look at it. I mean, or one and two, however you want to look at it. But they're really working well together. Uh I know he made some statements about um, you know, being traded and things like that. And, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't really care about that because when he suits up at night, the motherfucker plays. Yeah. Shows up. That's so, the big thing, right? Yeah, like so none of the stuff. <laughs> that he's talking about like even matters to me and i know it offends some celtics fans they're like oh man get your behind out of here i get it no problem no doubt it's a small sect of of the celtics fan base i think that's the thing that's frustrating right yeah but it's it's like out though you know get the vocal it's the vocal minority which is you know it's it's garbage it sucks i mean so we're we're talking about the new york times article from sopan deb um and that was him sitting down and talking about everything with Boston, being a black athlete in Boston, the challenges that come with that, and, and some of the struggles that he's faced during that time, as well as you know saying that there is a toxic portion of the Celtics fan base. It doesn't represent all Celtics fans, but there are some toxic Celtics fans out there that make things personal when things don't go well for the team. And I don't think that's a fa- I don't think that's fair to JB. Um, I think it's a totally fair statement in talking about that small sect of the Celtics fan base, but I think the overwhelming majority of fans love him as well as Jason Tatum. Um, Celtics fans are passionate. It doesn't make it okay. And I certainly don't approve of this crap that people have been doing and saying, but it's understandable for Celtics fans to be like that high energy because it's, it's title town, you know, it's, it's championship or bust every year even in years where they're not close to it i mean this is what happens when you have you know the red sox reverse the curse and tom brady coming in winning all these championships and you know the uh, big three the resurgence of the big three and so on and so forth it's a great word yeah (laughs) it's a great word because that's what they feel their the boston the area is is the city of champions yeah my buddy's from brockton apparently that's what they call brockton i'm just city champions or title town something like that in that area you have what 18 banners? 17 banners? How many banners? 17 banners. They're in search of banner 18. 17 banners, right? What's the Bruins? They win. Oof. I don't know how many titles the Bruins have off the top of my head, but, but they win. it's like, a good amount. Yeah, and I mean they've been pretty relevant. I mean, they've the had Patriots some historically were great players. For 20 freaking years. Yeah, exactly. Yes, you're entitled. That's that's my whole point to what you were saying. Really quick question though. Mm. Do you feel that the Jalen Brown situation is somewhat giving off Kyrie Irving vibes. So here's the thing. It's a little bit, right? Because it ties, so it ties into the stuff, like part of the stuff that they asked about in the New York times article, as well as these other article that came from the ringer. Um, uh, forget the guy's name. I think Logan Murdoch is the writer um, who interviewed Jalen. Now keep in mind, the New York Times article dropped, and then like a week later, you had this article come out from the Ringer. That Ringer article, the, that interview happened in January. So it happened damn near two months ago, and they're just releasing it now to kind of ride the high of that New York Times article and like go on the heels of it. Um, I think that's kind of – I think that lacks integrity, but that's besides the point because I'm not the one who interviewed. And it seems like Jalen actually got a little bit bothered about it too because he talked about post game like – you know, some of these comments, like uh, when I feel the time is right, I'm going to go ahead and like clarify them. But I feel like some of the things I said were taken out of context. And I think that's totally fair because everybody who's writing a piece and he said this as much, they have an angle. They have an agenda when they're writing a piece. And it's 
it's spicy, gossipy stuff that's going to get clicks and views. Um, I, it's not to discount the stuff that Jalen's talked about. I think there's de- definitive validity, if that's not redundant, um, you know, definitive statements talking about his struggles and his issues with Boston, including everything from buying a house to starting a business, a Black-owned business in Massachusetts and the challenges that go into that. But relating to the Kyrie stuff, Look, I think if he came out and he said, I'm staying like, you know, if you if you guys want me and you if you'll have me, I'll stay like if he did that, then everyone would be like, well, that's exactly what Kyrie said. Like, you can't you can't take it for face value. Like, that's exactly what Kyrie said. Look what happened. And so, like, if he was like, screw it, like I'm leaving, like that wouldn't be great. And he's being noncommittal, which from a business standpoint, that is like 100% the smart thing to do. You don't take anything off the table. And if the Celtics feel the pressure of, hey, we need to make sure this guy gets paid, you know, they're going to do it. But the problem is, is if he doesn't get that all NBA, we talked about it a little bit on the uh, segment that we dropped the other day, but the Celtics really need to hope that he gets that all NBA or else there's going to be a lot of problems, like a lot of problems. They imagine, need, they need imagine, the money. Imagine not, right. And then imagine not having, Jalen Brown on this roster like how do you replace that type of production yeah <laughs> I, I love Derek White I love uh you're not replacing Jalen Brown you're not you need you need a 1a basically that's my and, point and I, I hate the rankings of like one Me and one a and, I know but I mean like know. look you had Paul George come out this year and uh rest up to Paul George I know he just got injured the other day just terrible I'm hoping he's all right uh long term yes. but Paul George came out and said a few weeks back, you know, I've kind of accepted being a number two to Kawhi. And it's like, that's okay. If it means we're competing for a championship. So like, I don't think that Jalen should leave. I hope that he doesn't. Um, I can understand why he is keeping every option open, but in terms of like, if he left, they would be in a bind. So I think it honestly does come down to this whole all NBA conversation because one, I think he should be listed as a forward, which gives him a significantly better chance of getting all NBA. Like it's difficult because the guard position is so stacked for that award. And this is kind of why it's an issue that, you know, there are writers who get to decide whether or not someone gets all NBA. I think that's a massive problem. Um, but in terms of Jalen's situation, like if he doesn't get all NBA, it's, it's implications for the Celtics because then any team can give them max money in free agency. Every it, like it levels the playing oh. field for them. That's the issue, right? So like this summer, he would be super max eligible if he gets all NBA. Right. Now, if he gets that, the Celtics can give him the most money on an extension. Nobody else can match that money and they can ink him long-term, keep him locked up with Jason Tatum. And that's that, like you've got your duo locked in. Versus if he doesn't get it, then he's got one more year in his deal. He's not going to sign an extension this offseason if it's not for a Supermax. Because, or if he did, it would be extremely surprising. He'd be leaving tens of millions of dollars on the table, which I just don't see him doing. I don't see anybody doing that. So he would ride it out to free agency. And then it comes to the question of, can we outbid somebody? Can we outbid somebody? Or like, is he going to be alert, like lured away from somewhere like the Knicks or like going and playing in a team like, mm, I don't know, like 
Portland? Like, does he go to the Blazers? Does he go to the Knicks? Does he go to like, maybe like the Nets for some reason have some kind of pull or is there like another team? Like maybe there's like a team like Detroit or someone who can like try and figure out and throw some money around or the big one that like a lot of people make a connection with because of his roots, Atlanta, Atlanta makes a lot of sense, but you know, it's something that the Celtics need to have on their radar for sure. I just don't want to let it, you know, I think it's unfair to kind of drop this, all of this stuff, like right before the playoffs. And it just feels way too convenient that we're talking about it. Right. Like it's a little bit suspect. Yeah. Look, I think right now, at least his gameplay is showing that he's focused and he's, and he's trying to help this team win a championship. And he said that like, that's his focus right now. He can't control what the team wants to do. I wonder though, I, I wonder just a little bit if the team does is allowing him to, Kind of like, you know, go out there and try to make the all NBA team. So, so because it will benefit the team, it will benefit Jalen Brown, and it would benefit the God bless its fans of Boston <laughs> because now you get this guy back on a super max deal, won't hurt the team, won't hurt him. He's going to get paid. The team's going to be able to fluctuate that money and still have money to do other things. This is this is a win win. So maybe that's why we see Jalen Brown do certain things that we're like, why is he doing that? Maybe he's trying to make the all NBA team. I don't know the criteria. I don't know what it takes to make all NBA. Is there two versions? Is there a team one, a team two? I don't there's, know. There's, I think there's three teams. So it's first team, second team. And oh, I it think doesn't matter team. which one. I don't know. Uh, I don't believe so. I don't believe so, I but he should be, he should be in that mix. I mean, it's, I just worried about the time that he missed him. So he did miss a little bit of time. I would accept he only missed like a handful of games and okay. like he came back and like has been on fire ever since. Like he was having a really solid season. Then he got hurt. Um, first you had the adductor strain that he missed some time with. And then you had the facial fracture that happened right before the all-star break. I think he missed three or four games and then he was back after the all-star break. And he's been arguably the Celtics best player um, in terms of the sheer volume that he's getting up. So that's something that you have to consider, but Ultimately, I, I think he's got a really good chance, especially if they put him as a forward, which they should, because if you're running smart in Derek White out there, he's not at the two guard spot. He's at right. he's at the three. He's playing as a wing. So he should be put listed as a forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that's what happens, because the guard spot, especially for the East, is just a mess because you've got so many good guards. You've got Jalen Brunson here right now. Of course, you've got Donovan Mitchell who's balling out. Um, you've got Garland, you know, like there, there, those are three guards right off the top. You got Tyrese Halliburton too. Like there's all of these other guards you can throw in, in the mix. And I'm sure I'm forgetting people, but those are like the big ones that right off the bat, I'm like, okay, they have to be like at least in consideration. So it, it really just, it will level the playing field if he does not get all NBA. And that should be a major concern for the Celtics. But ultimately I think he should get all NBA. I don't think it'll be a problem. And who knows, maybe it's not going to matter at the end of the day, you know, they win a championship. Maybe that changes things and everything will be all right. Everything will be gravy, but it, you can't take it for granted and you can't take him for granted. And I, I mean, yeah, if there are three tiers, the dude's averaging 26.7 points a game, shooting almost 50% field goal percentage 34.4 percent three-point percentage 6.9 rebounds three almost three and a half assists a game one and a half steals and almost a half a block per he's that's what he's averaging this year i I just don't see how these numbers will keep him off of one of those teams that's the thing right like that's just like come on man those are those are 
Like what? Because he's not he's not scoring thirty. I mean, he's sharing with Jason Tatum. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. He he does he deserves it. I think it's fair to say that he deserves it. It's just a matter of whether or not they're gonna give it to him, you know. So I mean, it, it's gonna be something that they're gonna have to monitor and deal with. But I'm hoping that you know he comes out and puts some of this stuff to rest. He did a little bit in his presser, like obviously can't take the situation for granted. And I'm hoping that's you know. That is what it is going into the offseason. Um, but besides that, uh, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up today, Wayne? Hey, man, it's excellent episode. On We got a little nice little doses of vitamin C right here. Nice little recap of the game. Talked about Jalen Brown. Celtics are playoff bound. They've already clinched. We don't know the seeding yet. Things are getting great. Uh, it's going to come down to the get down. So I could see us resting players, like you said, a little bit earlier on the show. But right now, Indiana Pacers, you're up next. Yes, sir. Alrighty, that's what we've got for today for Vitamin C's. Uh, thank you, everybody, for checking in. Please like, comment, share, subscribe, and find us over on CLNS Media for more content. Uh, once again, uh, powered by FanDuel, America's number one sports book and the official sports book gambling partner of the CLNS Media Network. Uh, take care, everybody. Cheers. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet.